Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And today we've got a spicy episode for you. I'm joined by Nicholas Vandenberg. Nicholas has successfully started and sold over three tech companies with up to six, five employees, generating over 11 million in revenue each. He's a CEO and co-founder of the company you've probably heard of, Chili Piper. Nicholas, warm welcome to the show, sir. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. Really looking forward to this one. So we're, we're jumping in with a topic. We're talking about why marketing automation is dead and why people-powered marketing is well and alive. So first and foremost, as, as I like to do with most of my guests, Nicholas, let's chuck you in at the deep end. Why is marketing automation dead? I'm sure a lot of marketers are going to be tuning in thinking he's talking nonsense. Um, what is marketing automation? Why, why is it dying or dead? Yeah. Um, I have to be careful there because we, we do partner with Marketing Vision Solutions with, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, like Marketo and Adobe. So I don't want to offend anybody. But but uh, what what I mean to say that the, the premise of marketing automation was really about email. Uh, you know, um, Marketo, Eloqua, the, the, this generation of uh, software. The right. the, the uh, imperative in their world was to capture an email address and then send email to that person, right? And you had all sorts of sophisticated way to segment your base, to send different emails at different times. But it was, it was basically um, founded on the idea that uh, email was a great way to educate people. They call it uh, nurturing and yeah. the way to make it a customer. And the obvious thing is that, uh, you know, we, we, we all have... Uh, um, an inbox full of emails that we never read. And typically these nurturing emails uh, are in this category, right? So, so this, this kind of email nurturing no longer works. Um, there are many other ways for uh, prospects to find information these days. And uh, certainly receiving emails from a vendor is not one of them. So that's, that's very foundation of a, of, of a marketing automation is, is not, um, is no longer working. What, uh, People do like you and me. If you if you need to uh, if you need to buy, procure a new a new product or buy something new, what you're going to do is go online and ask your friends, right? Ask your networks. These are the two things. You Google it and you ask your friends. So this is the new world. You and it, it, by friends in a broad term, you may not go to uh, your, your childhood friend when you need something very sophisticated for your business you're going to go yep. to your network where you expect these people but there are so many communities now so many slack channels so many um, social networks that that you're going to find information in a, in a much better and more reliable way and that's where you're going to uh, look for this information so this company called six cents labeled that the dark funnel um and as I like to say, there's actually nothing dark about it because it's very enjoyable to ask people who are knowledgeable uh, some recommendations. But from the vendor standpoint, it's dark because you 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 do not play in this. Uh, at least at at first shot, you do not play. They they're asking around, uh, and so you you uh, you uh, don't control what what how people find the information. Yeah, we'll get into Chris Walker's favorite funnel shortly. But before we do. 
Um, let's talk a bit more about kind of traditional marketing automation. Um, so a lot of companies, especially kind of larger scale B2B companies, this might even be their bread and butter, you know, traditional methods like giving out guides, white papers, tracking their website clicks, tracking user activity, account-based marketing, look at databases, getting the, I guess, the top of funnel leads where people have shown some kind of interest, whether that is a marketing guide, video, they've clicked on a part of your website. We then track them. We find out who where their email is. We send them a sequence of emails over time saying, hey, I've seen you download this guide. Email two. Hey, how are you getting on with the guide? Here's some free tips and resources. Email three. Hey, book a demo. Probably not quite that fast, but that's the general gist of it. I know a, lot, a heck of a lot of companies still do that. Why, why is that becoming least effect, um, less effective, Nicholas? Is it because people are just bored of it? They know what the process is. They know that if they're getting a guide, this email sequence is going to follow and bore them to tears, or is it something else? Yeah, um, the world has changed completely. Uh, uh, things move a lot faster. There are multiple things at stake. I mentioned one of them, that people are going to look for information among the networks, no longer from the vendor. Uh, the second piece is that people are not going to read the email. It's going to end up in your spam folder. Uh, and the third piece is that people make decisions much faster. So I'm going to give you an example. Um, um, a couple of weeks ago, we finally found a great... Um, candidate to set up our analytics at Chili Piper. For, for a long okay. time, we, we, we didn't operate with analytics. So the person comes on board, is a wonderful person. And he said, okay, now I need to deploy a stack for analytics. So there's like six procurement decisions that need to be made in two weeks, right? And what is a great way to do at Chili Piper, we, we have this concept called decision memo where we, we actually write a Google doc on, on to make decisions. I, I'll talk about that later. Um, so we have six decision memos on, on products we're going to buy and, and as CEO, I review them and execute them, right? So we've made six procurement things. Now tell me if one of these vendors had captured my email address and sent me an email next week on saying, Hey, uh, do you like my white paper? I said, well, sorry, I already bought, I already bought the solution. You know, things go yep. a lot faster. We buy a lot, right. many, many, many more products. If you look at your iPhone on the consumer world, um, yeah. The number of apps is astonishing, right? When you, uh, you look at pages after pages of apps, and the same thing is true in the business world. There are many, many more solutions for very specific problems, and okay. as a result, as a result, we have to because there's so many different solutions to procure. We have to make these decisions faster, and right. this idea that we're going to be nurtured by, by some vendor is is uh, completely antiquated. It's it's it's. Um, it's a thing of the past. I would even argue that. Um, so I, I was reading the um, rereading uh, the uh, what used to be the Bible of marketing, which was the inbound marketing by the founders of HubSpot. They okay, yeah, that's about a, a decade ago. And at the time, it seemed it seemed so forward thinking, and it was all about uh, uh, non disruptive marketing. So you would not send email, or actually not call people. You would, you would you'd produce content and people would come to you, read your content and then the, the, you'd grab their email. Um, but sure. even content even content has lost its, its effectiveness. Now, we, we, we still do content at Chili Pepper because uh, um, it's an important piece, but it's definitely a much smaller piece than it, it was uh, 10 years ago. For that same reason, people, I mean, they may read your thing, but in, in most cases, they're in a hurry, they're going to make a decision fast 
and and the number one thing they're going to do is uh, go to their network and, and ask around and and maybe read reviews and rely on other people basically to make that decision yeah yeah that's why we call okay. it people, people powered marketing because the information uh, that used to come from a vendor is now uh, spread around multiple types of people, whether it's uh, what they've written on reviews, on the network, on the Slack channel, and, and that's where you're going to get the, the, that um, information to make, make, make your decision. Yeah, so let's, I guess, break this down on a bit more of a granular level, Nicholas. Yeah. So let's say, yeah. let's say um, perhaps a company's listening in and I think, what? Well, we're, we're we're doing these nurture campaigns. They're working just fine. We get the odd sales lead, and our sales team have to do a lot of cold calling. They might be struggling a bit, but we're happy with what things are going. But since you've perked my ears, Nicholas, what what can we do? What can we do? What can companies listening in or watching in do to get started on people power marketing? Um, what are some of the things that they perhaps need to consider before and to get stuck into it? Yeah, so uh, we're in the process of doing that at Chili Pepper, actually, because uh, I, I think um, even though arguably what I'm saying is obvious, that, that people have to make more decisions than they rely on their networks, um, the mm. implications are, are not so obvious. Because the implication that you now need to influence all these people who are going to talk to these prospects. And... Um, so you need to be much more focused on, on, on communities, much more focused on influencers. Uh, right. We have this, this concept of the bullseye strategy where we, 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 we identify who are the most influential people in our space and reach out to them to make sure that they're aware of our existence. So we actually work with a, a list of people. So we have a, a list of influencers, the list of partners who, who can influence, we have our own um, um, customer advisory board, uh, again, that we rely upon to, to be influencers. So we're now focusing yep. much more on these lists of people and spending much more time um, uh, building relationship with with these influencers. We also spend more time on uh, reviews. So for the long longest time, we neglected reviews. I must say it was my, one of my uh, mistakes. A, a, was focused on building a great product. Uh, I didn't focus so much on uh, uh, asking people to write about it. It's yep. obviously very important. So you're switching all your your focus on on reaching out to different circles of people and making sure they're aware of your existence. We um, also uh, building our team around customer marketing. So when you have a happy customer, then you want to uh, take advantage of it. So okay. Um, have them send you referrals, send, have them write reviews, have them uh, you know maybe speak at an event. So do a lot more investment on on your on your uh, base, and uh, that base become the um, advocate for your product. I guess advocacy would be uh, a good way to uh, to summarize um, how to think about it. This is no longer about uh, you know sending out a message. It's about asking other people to give, give the message. So be, become your advocates. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, in um, talking about perhaps why this works and how it works. So a lot of this isn't necessarily measurable in terms of kind of when you mentioned um, kind of customers could potentially be on Slack channels. Um, they could be in groups, they could be in review sites and these kind of things. Um, why does this work? Because this is, of course, vastly, 
vastly different to the the old approach of kind of finding potential buyers and then nurturing them over time. Why do you think it is, Nicholas, that this approach of um, kind of people-powered marketing, hunt, hunting for prospects and different groups, Slack communities, influencer channels, etc. Why is this strategy so much better? Uh, just because it matches uh, the new world and how people make their decisions, right? So, um, I mean, the number one thing in marketing is understand how people make decisions and, and try to influence that process. And yep. given that, that people, you know, are now uh, asking around and, and, and um, relying on other people, then that's, that's why, as a marketer, that's, that's where you have to be. There's one thing that you mentioned, uh, it's a bit scary because you uh, have a very hard time tracking it. So it's very hard to do attribution. If I look at our business, mm. actually, uh, so much of it, we, we go into the bucket of uh, direct. We call it direct. People came directly, directly ours. Either direct yep. or, they, or, they, or, they, or they search on our name, meaning that they already wanted yep. to come to our site. And so uh, you get this vast majority of a business inbound is this direct thing, which means that people came to us, but obviously they must have heard about us, right? So, you know, it's not like one day they say that they're going to illumination that chili pepper exists so um it's hard to track um the, in the old days it was much easier you know to, to to see if content was working because you were able to to see that the person come from a content piece of course from a search piece uh now they come direct and 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 you wonder how, how they got there so what we've done at Chili Pepper is that we made it part of our sales process that we ask them afterwards how they heard about us and try to to track it back to do the like, Post post closing uh, attribution, or at least post demo attribution. But the fact that it's harder because it's non attributable doesn't mean that um, that it's less effective. It, it works the same way. It's just le- less controllable. But one yep. of the key key component um, of this new world is that when they come to your website, they are much more educated than they used to be. So the new imperative is what we call straight to meeting. Now they're on your website. You want to go straight to meeting. You do not want to capture an email address and chase them because then you've lost the battle, right? By the time you send them the nurturing email, they've already bought the competitor. You want to go straight to meeting. So that's what we've built at Chili Pepper. Our solution concierge is um, uh, integrated with form. And so when the prospects submit a forms, instead of getting a page that say, thank you, somebody's going to call you and then wonder who's going to call me, you get immediately upon form submission, a bunch of slots, time slots. You pick a time and one click, you've booked the time and you have a meeting signed up with with a salesperson. And that, that's completely critical. Uh, we see our, our companies, uh, our customers going from 40% conversion rate, meaning uh, from 100 people filling a form, they used to have only 40, uh, 40 uh, of them uh, getting a meeting going to pipeline to 80%. So now they booked immediately, they go to pipeline. So you get twice as much pipeline by by, by automating that process of going from form to meeting uh, with, with, our, with our solution. And that's why we think, I think that's why we're seeing so much growth at Chili Piper is because companies realize that uh, they can't afford anymore to, to have this process that takes time where they capture an email from a form, somebody follows up with an email, an SDR call the next day, that's just gone. You have to, you have to go fast. You have to go... Uh, provide a much better experience to the prospect. Um, and that means that the prospect has to be able to book a meeting instantly. Sure. Um, it makes sense. And I know 
guys like Chris Walker over at Fine Labs talks about the dark social a lot. And for anyone that's not heard of it, I guess, in a poorly formed snapshot, from my understanding of it, quite a lot of it involves kind of getting social ads, organic social, so understanding where your buyers hang out. Um, so getting in front of them with perhaps targeted social Facebook, Insta ads, educating them around your service, your content, filling in the gaps, solving their problems. So when you do eventually need their help, their solution comes to mind and then they'll probably go direct to you, either the message you're on LinkedIn or go straight to your website um, or likewise putting out organic content on LinkedIn, educating your prospects, filling in the gaps, solving their pain points, being a useful resource, a trusted advisor. So when the time comes, they actually need your product or service. You reach out to them directly, like I say, in the DMs or straight, straight to website. Issue is a lot of it's not actually Nailable, attributable, <laughs> or trackable. Um, right, yeah. So, what would be your your response to that, Nicholas? So, if someone's thinking, "Well, this all sounds well and good, but I'm not going to be able to track any of it." No, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's the issue. Is that it's not attributable. You, you, you know, you educate and educate and educate, and then when they come to you, you, you don't know why. Um, mm -hmm. So, as I as I mentioned, um, what. what we do that we've made it part of our sales process to always ask uh, how they heard about us and how they came so that you have some sure. kind of some kind of, of tracking some it's not as yeah. perfect as as it would be from a utm parameter and uh, you know and and the, uh, or searching uh, getting the result from advertising but it's still a good proxy you can see if things are working or things are not working and uh, trust yeah. me uh, one of the fascinating thing is that um, we looked over time um, at the number of visits that our prospect um, do on our website before they book a demo, right? So, and when we started, it was around seven. So they'd come right. seven, seven times and then, and then they'd book demo. Now it's, it's slightly north of two. So they come okay. first, they come, they come back, boom, they book. Uh, and it's not because our website is better that they get it. In, it's because now we've educated in, in, in in the dark social and the dark funnel. And by the time they come, they're better, better educated because of course we're much uh, bigger. So we have uh, the means to, 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 uh, to be present in all these other channels and, 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 and be there. But uh, that's one way to track it, right? You can tell if, if you, uh, if your prospect go from seven visits to demos to two visits to demos, then you, you know that yeah. you're, doing, you're doing something right. Same thing with the, uh, you know, conversion rate on visitors to a demo request. If you see that the conversion rate is going up, you can see that, uh, which is correlated to the metric I've just mentioned. You can tell that that you've done some something right about educating them before they come to your website. So there are some metrics, yeah. just not the same metrics. And they're not as direct, but they're nonetheless uh, significant. And the roots conversion is a funny one, right? So, for example, just like you guys, well, may, maybe a little bit similar on our website recently, because we run a lot of different marketing campaigns. We do a lot of, I post a lot of content on LinkedIn. We're running various ads to, to get people to our site to then convert them into sales ops. We, um, we added the field, how did you hear about us? So someone might put, they found us on Google. They found us for a paid listing. They listened to my podcast. And then sometimes someone will put one option. I'll always ask them on the call. I'll, I'll always say, if I get on a call with a sales lead, I'll say, look, how did you stumble upon us? And then you might say something completely different to what they put on the form. Like they might say, look, I've followed you on the podcast for a while. Then I looked at LinkedIn. Then I went onto your website and looked at some articles. Then a few months later, I decided to inquire because I needed your help. 
So it's always kind of worth asking the question because the route yeah. is quite often like they've educated themselves for so long, then they've decided to get in touch. Yeah, you have to think, uh, asking in, in the form, I think, is not reliable because when you fill a form, you just want to be done with it. You know, mm. uh, you've decided, <laughs> you know what I mean? You've you decided you want to engage with the company. Uh, you don't want to spend more time uh, fucking around. You just want to say, get me the meeting. Yeah. But once you're talking, like, uh, then you have time. You say, oh, let me think about it, how I came across. And you can even um, be more thoughtful about it. Say, like, you know, I, I saw an ad, but I heard about you before, or my friend is using you. And, uh, that's what we get a lot when we ask. You say, um, uh, it's mostly somebody I know is using you. Or I, I booked a demo uh, with some of your customers, and I like the experience. So, so it's much more reliable um, sure. than a phone. Okay, so for anyone that's perhaps kind of tuning in and thinking, I know you shared some examples of, of what you, some of the channels you use when it comes to people-powered marketing and, and dark social. Is there any kind of baseline channels? Let's say someone tuning in is a B2B company. Perhaps they have a monthly service they offer. Are there any kind of baseline channels, that if they're not doing yet, that they should get into that can start? Well, I mean, the, 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 yes, the... the number one channel these days for B2B is LinkedIn, of course, right? So because LinkedIn, it's funny because um, I remember the days where LinkedIn uh, had no content whatsoever. It was just a network with connecting things. And then when started doing content, I thought, what, what are they doing? This is crazy. They think of themselves as a media company. It makes no sense. And how wrong was I, right? Because now it's like we go on LinkedIn... I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff on LinkedIn. It's like, uh, you know, you start to, that's how I do it. I start my morning when I wake up, check Facebook, and then I get to work, I check LinkedIn. You know, that's, and all my news, my information is in on LinkedIn. So um, obviously that has become the number one channel for B2B. It's a place where people influence one another, and that's where you want to be. And um, any B2B companies has to have a strong presence on LinkedIn for sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and on that note, is is people-powered marketing is what we've been talking about the only way? So should we still be doing, should we ditch all our nurturing campaigns? Should we perhaps focus less on, let's say, bottom of the funnel stuff if we're running kind of Google ads and things like that, sponsored ads? Or should we try purely on, focus purely on kind of influencing people, speeding up our sales cycle? Or is it part of a let's say, a more holistic approach. So just one more tool to add to the armory. Well, the good thing with the old uh, ways of doing things is that it was very measurable, right? If you nurture, you, you, we, we can tell how many of our uh, opportunities come from an email that we've sent uh, from a nurturing campaign. We can tell how much comes from a, a, an ad spend. So no harm in continuing, uh, but the great news is that you can see if it's working or not. And, and I can tell you, at Chili Pepper, we do all of it. Nurturing, we don't do much anymore because we found it was close to useless. Uh, of course, we still do ads, and, and and they work. It's just not the bulk of our revenues. It's just a, a piece. So you, you, if things are continuing to work, then you want to continue doing them. You just don't expect them to uh, build your business because they'll uh, uh, at best they'll be a small piece of your contributions. Yeah makes sense and any final notes on that nicholas just before we wrap up in terms of anyone that wants to get stuck into people people powered marketing 
I'm sorry, you're asking me final notes? Yeah, any any final notes for anyone that wants to get stuck into the processes we've talked about today? Yes, I mean the the, the two components is uh, is um, it, it, it's ironic because it's gone into um, one component that's very hard to track. This dark funnel piece where you're trying to influence, you're trying to talk to people, and, but then the other piece is conversion, right? So when mm. they come to your website, you want to conversion, and that one is is very controllable. That one, you know, you get somebody on your website, you you make your form very short, ideally one one field with with things like Clearbit and. Apollo and Zoominfo, you can just uh, do data augmentation. So you don't need to ask people uh, the size of the company and all that. You get it from the email address. So you can just have a very simple form and then go straight to meeting and convert. So the conversion piece is completely under your control. So let's let's be sure that uh, um, you spend as much energy in, in educating in the dark funnel as you do into uh, converting the, those who will finally come to your website that are interested. I like it. Speed to lead, indeed, sir. Good, good note to end on. That's right. Well, actually, we, actually, we, 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 for the longest time, we were talking about speed to lead, speed to lead, and finally, recently, I said, speed to lead is dead, is it, because it's zero. It should be instant, right? The speed to lead should be instant. The lead comes, speed of form. You book a meeting in real time. So, uh, something that's zero is, is non-existent. Um, I don't know. It should, it should, be, should be called instant to lead uh, um, instead of speed to lead so that, that's instant our new deal campaign. yeah that's our, that's <laughs> good our man new, our new campaign yeah <laughs> nice one nicholas well look, i really appreciate you coming on enjoyed the chat so thanks my for pleasure yeah same sharing here your wisdom um if you enjoyed today's episode all the show notes will be over on businessgrowth.marketing um nicholas do tell us more about how people can learn from you how they can connect with you and anything you'd like to add yeah, of course, they should come to our website, Chili Piper, and, and uh, experience our instant uh, to lead, right? We have a um, own product, of course, on our website. So if you come, you'll book a demo in, 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 in uh, just a few seconds, and uh, we'll be able to talk to uh, our team, and we'll be uh, delighted to have you. It's Chili Thank Piper. You. Some people um, still to this day call us Chili Pepper, but uh, we, we're not selling... Uh, vegetables we uh it's a play on the world so piper chili piper <laughs> chili piper indeed we'll put those links at businessgrowth.marketing nicholas thank you once again and as always if you enjoyed today's episode do hit that subscribe button we interview business leaders every week and we share actionable marketing tips to grow your business and to grow your revenue and with that we should catch you on the next one are you tired of hunting for clients you could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com.